Welcome in to the BetUS College Football Show, and we are talking previews. It is Wednesday, August 17th. We are but a mere week and a half away from actual games being played, so it's time for us to talk regular season win totals, division and conference champion winners, uh, along with the Heisman Trophy and national title odds, etc. We are going to give you a whole slew of best bets today. Before we dive into it, let me go ahead and introduce our experts. We're going to start on the right side. He is an award winning handicapper, a professional handicapper, and you can follow him on Twitter at Kyle Hunter Picks. Kyle, how are you? I'm doing well, guys. Uh, man, it's almost here, and I'm looking forward to this. We got a lot of teams to cover today, and I'm excited. Oh, same here, same here. On the left side of your screen, the numbers guy, the analyst. I call him the numerical guru. You can follow him on Twitter at Stats of War. Parker Fleming. Parker, how are you, sir? Gary, I'm doing great. Just a few short days till we get some actual football. We get to put an end to all the uh, all the drama and off-field nonsense, and we have uh, players lining up and uh, making making real meaningful picks and watching real meaningful football. I'm pretty excited, man. Same here. Ready to after all the realignment, after all the mess that goes on with NIL and NCAA rules and who's going to what conference and blah blah blah. We finally get to see guys hit each other on the field, and I am excited for that. Before we begin, let me go ahead and tell you how this schedule is going to run for the season. We are going to do Tuesdays and Wednesdays. We're going to give out picks on both days at 1 p.m. Eastern time, both days. So make sure that you are subscribed to the channel. Go ahead and like this video. But every time you watch one of the shows, one of the clips, etc., like that as well. But certainly make sure you are subscribed. If you do not get to watch a show live, you can always go back and watch it on demand or you can also download the podcast, so make sure that you are subscribed to the BetUS Football Show that is on whatever your favorite podcast app is. So go ahead and make sure you've got all that. Share out the show. Tell your friends about it, all that. That all certainly helps us out. Gentlemen, let's go ahead and dive into this thing. We've got a lot to talk about. We are going to move to the regular season win totals, and we have got quite a few to jump in. So, Parker, we are going to start off in the Pac-12 Tell me what you like about USC or what you don't like. USC is a is a, a dangerous a dangerous pick here, Gary. This is probably as far out on a limb as I will go with an official pick all season. <laughs> but um, you know, I, I have my little win totals model. Look at recent history. Look at returning production. And the deal with USC is. Um, they're going to be good. And long-term, I think that that offense will play. I think Caleb Williams, especially towards the end of the season, was playing like one of the best quarterbacks in the nation and absolutely could be that. I think that they do have a lot of structural change that's going to happen under Lincoln Riley. They've gotten some transfers in, but you've got to learn the offense. You've got to have the offensive line play to be able to develop those kind of long uh, second and third looks that that Lincoln Riley's offense is, is so um, uh, accustomed to. And the offense, you know, Alex Grinch has had some issues at Oklahoma. Last year, they were absolutely putrid, especially against the pass there are some offenses that can score i think that usc is going to be a roller coaster they're going to be holding on for dear life and I, I like them long under lincoln riley but this season 10 wins man seems just it's super ambitious i you know looking at my model that would be kind of like the 99th uh outside of my 99 percent confidence interval that that usc to win win 10 games so super unlikely outcome and first year uh, coach, new conference, schedule isn't uh, super favorable. I, I really think that this is a team that is going to be a uh, promising eight and four, promising seven and five and do better next year. But uh, 10 wins is just too, too ambitious for me this year. Totally, totally makes sense. Uh, under on that is minus 125. I'm going to move us over to Colorado. I like the under three here. I got it at three and a half earlier, but even at three, I still like this. Uh, it's minus 130 to go under. It projected underdogs in all 12 of their games. Their non-conference is TCU at Air Force and at Minnesota. I mean, just absurd. I don't know what they were thinking with that schedule. The conference schedule is just brutal. They've got UCLA at home at Arizona, who is on the come up. Uh, California at Oregon State. Again, another difficult road game. Arizona State at home. Uh, Oregon at home at USC at Washington and Utah. I cannot find three wins here. Uh, the new offensive coordinator is Mike Sanford. He was fired from Minnesota. Uh, I don't know that I've got a lot of hope with him coming in as the OC. Turnover margin last year was number 27, and they were still 4-8. and eight. Uh, The postgame win expectancy last year, a number that I really like to look at, it says that at 4-8, and eight, they actually overperformed what they were supposed to. Their postgame win expectancy had them at 3.2 wins. Defense was the strong side, and that was number 99 in PPA per drive. That's predicted points added. Uh, they were number 60 overall in returning production, but their defense is number 101 
that's only 54% returning on that side of the ball. I don't see a lot of hope for them to win three games this year, so I am going to take the under. I think they could go winless this year. Uh, Parker, we'll move back over to you. Tell me about Stanford. Stanford is a team that has been down um, for a couple of years here. They they had some COVID issues, and I think that kind of multiplied and spilled over in the program. They had some depth issues last year. Tanner McKee was injured in some games, and they really just looked a little bit lost. I think Tanner McKee at a quarterback is 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 a better option than a lot of teams in the Pac-12 are going to have. I think that they have experience on both sides of the trenches. Um, high returning production, 94% of offense is returning. A lot of that is that offensive line. They're going to be really strong there. A solid team. David Shaw has won uh 400% or fewer of his games just twice in his tenure at Stanford and that includes um their their covid year where they were kind of moving around and um i i think that the with the injury luck they had last year with the um, experienced trenches that they're going to have, uh, four and a half seems easy. They have five wins here with FCS, Oregon State, Arizona State, Was- uh, Washington State, Cal. Like easy money i think they they could hit five and and then uh, get somebody else um on the um you know, on the road or steal one. So I feel comfortable about kind of their, their floor of wins being in that four range and they could steal one and, and easily hit the over here. So I like David Shaw to have a bounce back year. I like Tanner McKee to, to be a hot name in college football this fall. Most certainly plus 105 to the over there. Kyle, we're going to move into the Sun Belt. I want you to talk to me about the Marshall Thundering Herd. Yeah, so Marshall, I'm going to take the over on this one. Marshall over seven and a half on the win total. You know, they go from the Conference USA to Sun Belt. I think this number is probably low because the Sun Belt is a good conference. It's definitely uh, tougher than Conference USA where they played last year. But I also think that people are kind of overrating Grant Wells leaving. Grant Wells really wasn't very good. There's 16 touchdowns, 13 interceptions last year. Columbia had experience in the Big 12. I think he should be adequate. Um, Ali's a really good running back as well. So Marshall's offense, I think, is decent. But their defense is really good. This is a very good defense. Probably either the best or second best defense in the Sun Belt. If you look at my power ratings, they're favored by six points or more uh, in eight games. So they have to lose some games that they should be pretty sizable favorites in to not get to this win total. And they have one sure loss on their schedule, Notre Dame. Uh, I don't get this number. I think this is too low, so I'll take the over. Totally makes sense. Uh, let me go on and jump in before we continue on with the Sun Belt here. Uh, a lot of guys in the comments, in the chat, uh, we would love to see you guys continue doing that. I do want to answer this. Kenneth said, is a bowl game or playoff count with totals? Not on these. These are just the regular season win totals, hence the RSW there. Uh, but yeah, it, whatever the schedule looks like, and typically it's 12 games. Teams that play against Hawaii, sometimes 13. Uh, and James Madison, who I'm about to hit on, only 11 games. So, But we'll we'll get into that. Go on and jump into the comments, jump into the chat, and have if you have any Q&A, for us, we will answer those at the end of the show. Now, we'll move to James Madison for me. I like the under five and a half. I got it when it was at six and a half. I still like it at five and a half because this is their first year in FBS. They are in the toughest G5 division in the country, and they're only playing 11 games this year. I mean, it, the road schedule is pretty difficult. They're playing at App State, at Arkansas State, at Georgia Southern, at Louisville, at Old Dominion. That's pretty tough in and of itself. But then you've also got Marshall, Georgia State, and Coastal Carolina all at home. I mean, these are really difficult games where your depth is going to be tested. They got some big boys on that offensive line, and this is obviously a really well-coached team, but the transition can be a little bit difficult. They lost two offensive linemen, the quarterback, the running back, uh, all but one of their wide receivers has has gone. Um, they lost really good transfers. Uh, the linebacker, Tucker Dorsey, the wide receiver, Wells, uh, those guys are playing at big-time programs now. You know, they, they should hold up okay on the line of scrimmage early. But again, depth will be tested uh, much more so than it is in an FCS schedule. Uh, so I do like the under five and a half at minus 115 for James Madison. Kyle, you've got a couple more here on the Sun Belt. Tell me about Southern Miss. Yeah, I didn't realize I was so Sun Belt heavy until we uh, started doing the notes here. But I do think the Sun Belt's a fun conference here this year. That Fun Belt, definitely. Uh, Southern Miss, over four and a half for me. You have to pay some juice to get this one, but I do like this one. Southern Miss's defense really was pretty good last year. They were put in some terrible positions. I mean, awful problems on offense. Uh, they didn't have a quarterback for a good long while. Gore is a good running back. You probably don't want him at quarterback, although it did work out at the end of the season with the Wildcat. They had really good linebackers already. Then they had Tywin Knight from Ole Miss, a very nice ad there. And I think this defense is pretty good. 
Uh, their quarterback situation, I'm not saying it's great, but it's better than last year. Uh, not that that's that high of a bar, but still, it's over four and a half wins here. And Will Hall, to me, is a good offensive mind. I think he figures it out with time. Uh, I trust him quite a bit. I would expect some pretty decent improvement from the offense. I think the defense will be solid. So I think four and a half is too low here. Now, we talk about four and a half. Let's talk about Georgia Southern. Uh, what do you like or don't like about Georgia Southern here? Yeah, you know, I would say of my picks, this one's the one that I'm most questionable on. I feel a little bit like there's a lot of variance on this one because uh, transformation here, Georgia Southern, you go from a triple option team, which, you know, they kind of toyed with not being a triple option team a few years ago. It didn't work. Then they kind of go back. Uh, now you go to Helton and you want to throw it a lot. I just think that in the long run, it might work. But in the first season, uh, a lot of variance here, but I think, you know, this is the type of team that could go two and 10, three and nine. Uh, Van Trees, that quarterback, uh, you know, everybody always talks about his arm talent. You know, he's got such a strong arm. He's not very good. I mean, he's one of these guys that, uh, you know, is uh, maybe I shouldn't crap on him too much, but, you know, he, he hasn't proven anything. He's had a good running game everywhere he's been, good offensive line. Now we're very shaky position for him. He better be really good in a new offense. The offensive line learns a new scheme. A lot of question marks for them, so I'll take Georgia Southern under. I like that. Parker, you are going to have to tell us all about the ACC. We're going to start off with Virginia here. Uh, we got some questions about Tony Elliott in the bunch, right? Yeah, this, this one is, man, this one hurts me because this one is like the most bummer pick I have because they were so fun on offense last year. I had them at, you know, fifth and fifth and EPA per pass. They, they, they passed on 31 point or excuse me. They rushed on 31.7% of early downs, super let it ride team. Brennan uh, Armstrong, just chucking the ball. They put Keontae Thompson all over the field, had Jelani Woods, you know, just able to able to create space and, and, and a really, really fun uh, room. They they still have a good quarterback. They still have a good running room. I expect their pace to come down dramatically. Their defense last year was uh, just absolutely uh, awful. They were 125th in EPA per play and 42% of that is returning. So new coach, bad existing talent, and then a lot of inexperience on defense. I, I think it's just going to be um, kind of a cartoon character version of this uh, of past year's defense and the offense is going to be much more slow, much less variance, um, perhaps not as fun. Um, and, and since 2000, Virginia has won eight or more games, just six times in 23 seasons, eight wins, at, eight, eight regular season wins at Virginia is, is a, a big deal. And uh, the schedule this season, um, I, I just don't know that they'll be able to pull off with, with a couple of these back-to-backs that they have. So disappointing, a bummer. I was rooting for them last year, but I think they're going to hit the under here on seven and a half. It is heavily juiced to be under minus 175 there. Uh, but let's talk about North Carolina now. Uh, kind of same situation here a, a little bit. Seven and a half is the total on that one. Uh, what are we looking at with the Tar Heels? The uh, the Tar Heels last season, I, I had them at about 5.7 predicted wins. So so almost right with their schedule. There wasn't like a big imbalance. They didn't have a lot of flukes that were, you know, oh, they there was a reason to believe that they lost this game because of X reason that can be remedied this year. They returned Josh Downs, who is the most uh, has the highest target share of any receiver returning this year, over 40 percent of his team's targets. But um this is a team that I'm a little worried about. It's kind of looking like maybe the COVID year was a fluke and not a new normal for North Carolina under Mac Brown. They went 0-6 away from home last year, uh, did, did not win a game at a neutral site or, or an away game uh, last year. And uh, they lost to some really bad teams in Georgia Tech and Florida State. So they're returning a lot. They, they The run game, I think, is going to have to be completely reborn. Um, they have a, you know, Potentially an increase in defense. I think Storm Duck is an awesome name, but also an awesome defender. But uh, I, I think that there's just too much change this year for North Carolina to to take any kind of meaningful step forward. So I'm hitting the under here as well. That does make sense. Minus 145 to the under there. We're going to move into the Conference USA. And Kyle, you're on deck, but I am going to start us off with Western Kentucky. I'm going to take the under eight and a half at minus 155 here. They do play 13 games. So to hit over, you just have to go nine and four. And it sounds easy. And you look at this team last year, and they were half flying, and they threw the ball more than anybody other than Mississippi State all year. Bailey Zapp was awesome. But now Zapp is gone, and Zach Kitley is gone to Texas Tech, and a lot of those receivers are gone. The offensive line is not looking as great, et cetera. You got a new defensive coordinator coming in there. Uh, the bye week is in week two. So now you have to run with nine straight games to end your uh, your season. Or excuse me, ten straight games. Um, the new offense coordinator has been Arbuckle. 
he was an assistant quarterback coach last year and an offensive quality control coach, and he's only 26 years old. So there's a lot of question marks around this. Uh, the defense was terrible last year, uh, to put it nicely. That, that might have had something to do with the high pace that the offense ran with. But they brought in a new D.C., Tyson Summers, a former Colorado D.C., and the former Georgia Southern head coach. Uh, they lost 14 transfers. The new quarterback is Austin Reed. Jarrett Dagey, who we've talked about many a time as Schrodinger's quarterback, he just transferred out last week. So in, interesting here because it looks like Austin Reed is going to be the guy, but he just played in Division Two at West Florida. So we don't know what he's going to be like in FBS right now. I like the under 8.5. I think the expectations here are just a wee bit too high considering all that they lost off of last year's team. I mean, they, we, we were high on them early because nobody knew what it would exactly be like when they brought in all of Houston Baptist offense. Well, now all of Houston Baptist offense is gone, and I guess we expect them to continue doing the same thing. It's a, a pretty difficult schedule in CUSA. I think this is a tough one, so I'm going to go under the 8.5 at minus 155. Kyle, talk to me about Rice. Yeah, so... Uh, I wore the rice hat and I'm going to take the under. Uh, my son got me this. this is, it's funny because I ask, he always says, what do you want You know, for Father's Day? So I said, just get me a random college football hat. And he came up with rice, which is a pretty awesome one. I was, I was excited about that. But rice, under three and a half. Uh, I've told you guys before, I don't like taking these really low unders because uh, you know random things can happen in college football, weird bounces of footballs. But I'm sitting here looking at their schedule and I'm looking at my power ratings and I'm saying – they should be an underdog of more than a touchdown in nine games. And they have one game on the schedule, McNeese, where they should win. And they're probably a short dog to UTEP and Charlotte. It's really hard to see four wins here. They switch quarterbacks constantly. Let's be honest, they don't have a good quarterback at all. Uh, they better run it a lot, but they're really not that good at running the football. You know, this is a team that their identity is kind of run the football and, and win low scoring uh, games, but they're bad on defense and their offensive line's not even that good. So to me, it's going to take a couple big upsets for Rice to get to four wins. So I'm going to take Rice under three and a half. I do like that at minus 140. Parker, this is a conference you might know a thing or two about. The Big 12. Uh, talk to me about Kansas State. Obviously, they are everybody's sleeper, which I think does not make them a sleeper anymore. But tell me about this Kansas State win total. I definitely think Kansas State is getting a lot of hype. I don't know that they're at the point of like an NC State, for instance, that might be getting overrated because of how hyped they are. But the, the hype train is out of control in Manhattan. And and this season, it makes a lot of sense. I think these, these this total is pretty low. It's kind of the same last year. I think last year they were like a five and a half win total. And they're just uh, a little bit better every every year under uh, under Kleiman. Um, uh, they, last season, they were seven and three when Skyler uh, Thompson started. He was injured and uh, they lost two, the two games with Will Howard uh, that were one score game so so even when he was out it was close he was also hurt in the Baylor game they lost that by uh, 10 points with a special teams score uh, for, for Baylor so um, they, they realistically were just a couple plays away from being like nine and three last year in a year where everything kind of went wrong so I think that they have a great foundation uh, in the offensive line the interior offensive line Cooper BB NFL guy um, some really really good talent on the offensive line Deuce Vaughn is one of the most explosive weapons in college football and on the defensive side between Brent and EK uh, B they have just a, a really good pass defense and uh, two of the best pass rushers in the big 12 with um, Felix and with Khalid Duke being back from injury. So you look at their schedule. Um, they do have five road games in the big 12, but historically they've been pretty good at home. Uh, I, I feel pretty good about them winning their five, uh, excuse me, their, their, their home games and then being able to steal one on the road that gets you to seven pretty easily. So this is a team who has a really high floor. Adrian Martinez uh, is, is high variance, but Kansas state is low variance. That might be a nice marriage. Martinez was pressured on almost 40% of his dropbacks at his career in Nebraska. Um, and so if he can get an offensive line with some time, maybe he can be a, a just better than average quarterback, which is all they need to be a really solid team. So look for some kind of boring consistency. Consistency uh, mixed in with a couple of Deuce Vaughn, great plays here. I think this Kansas State team, um, there's there's no ceiling on what they could accomplish this fall. I, I do agree with that. We will move over to the Mountain West. We only have two more regular season win total picks to give out. I'm going to start us off. Uh, Kyle, I'm going to let you take the second one. I'm going to start us with Nevada here. Uh, before we do that, Paul Riggs in the chat just told everybody, come on, guys, give them a thumbs up. Yeah, we're sitting at 14 likes. we got 36 people watching. The math does not add up here. Uh, go ahead and like the video for us. And if you have not subscribed to the channel, you are not going to want to miss this season. Now, Nevada, 
under four and a half is minus 130. I took this at five and a half about a month ago. I still like it at four and a half. New head coach Ken Wilson takes over for Jay Norvell, who left and took everybody with him over to Colorado State. Uh, there's 31% returning production on this team. That is number 130 in the FBS. Remember, we now have 131, thanks to Jay Madison, uh, James Madison coming over. But uh, they lost 850 or 8,500, excuse me, snaps to graduation or the draft, and another 3,000 snaps to transfer. That is absolutely absurd. Uh, on top of that, the offensive lineman Aaron Foster and uh, the safety Jawan Claiborne, both of them are all Mountain West kind of guys. Those were two of the six returning starters, and they both are out for the season with injuries from the first week of fall camp. So definitely not good there. Um, now you've only got four returning starters. The schedule is brutal after the first three games. I think they start out 3-0, and and I don't think they win a single game after that. I'm, I'm going to ride Nevada under 4.5. I don't think this team is very good this year. Uh, maybe you build a little bit of a foundation, but I don't think you get to five wins with this team this year. Kyle, talk to me about Air Force here. Yeah, so Air Force is a team that I think is underrated pretty often. You know, the Calhoun's a really good coach. I think, I think he does a fantastic job with that team. And if you look at Air Force schedule, uh, great setup schedule-wise. You couldn't ask for a better schedule. No sure losses on the schedule. In fact, uh, they might be an underdog in one game, maybe two all season. Um, I think he's an underrated coach, certainly. Like I said, you get Boise State at home, avoid Fresno State. Uh, Daniels is a veteran great decision maker. It's really important to have such a good decision maker at quarterback in this offense, certainly. And um, they have great depth in the backfield. Roberts is excellent. Uh, you know, Air Force last year, uh, it, I look back to my notes last year, my notes said uh, the offensive line is kind of a question mark because they're so new. They have so many new uh, faces in the offensive line. Then they lead the nation in rushing yards, even with those guys. So now they come back, the offensive line is much better more experienced than it was a year ago. You're asking me only for Air Force to get over eight and a half. I mean, I think this Air Force team has a pretty high upside. And, uh, you know, the defense is good enough. It's not fantastic, but they know their assignments well. I don't think anybody's going to be able to stop them from running the football here in this conference. So I like the over. I like it as well. That is uh, that is also one of my picks. I think they're going to win 10 games this year. I, I think Air Force is that good, that much returning production. Uh, you're right. Yeah, I mean, you nailed it. Now, let me give a reminder to everybody. First off, I'm going to mention it again, the podcast. Make sure and subscribe to the BetUS football show. It is both the NFL show and the college football show dropped into one. All your football picks for the entire week, you can find right there. Also, jump into the chat. We've got Stephen W., uh, Stephen uh, Cufey. We've got Steve W. We've got Halo Drunk Driver. We've got uh, uh, all kinds of guys in here, Paul as well, et cetera. You guys jump into the chat. We would love to take questions at the end of the show. So go ahead and jump into the chat there. Uh, along with that, like the video for us, subscribe to the channel. And we, of course, have a show next Tuesday. Week zero, we talked about having games. Week zero show will be on Tuesday next week at 1 p.m. Eastern time. Reminder there. Kyle, before we get into division and conference winners, uh, tell us a little bit about your charity project that you're working on right now. Yeah, I appreciate all you guys giving me a chance to mention this here. Uh, the college football season win total uh, charity project, I kind of just thought up, uh, I, I like to try to give back when I can, and I uh, tried to think of an, a good idea to try to uh, make this work. Season win totals have been a strong point for me in the past. Usually I've just sent those to clients, and I thought, you know, I really want to give back a little bit. So this year I'm doing college football win total charity project, where if you donate $40 or more to either Make-A-Wish, St. Jude's, or Wounded Warriors, I'll send you all my college football season win totals. And guys, I got to be honest, when I started this, I kind of said, well, I hope 10 or 12 people do this. You know, I hope, hope we can raise a little bit of money here. I'm at about 60 people and over $3,500 donated, and I'm super excited about that. Uh, so awesome. Appreciate everybody who's done that. If you want to do that, uh, you can get a hold of me uh, at Kyle Hunter Picks on Twitter. You can even drop it in the notes here. I'll get back with you. Uh, but you can just donate to any of those and then send me a message, send me a screenshot of uh, proof that you did that. And uh, yeah, just trying to get back a little bit and uh, pretty excited just knowing that those are some great causes. I do. I do like it. I love the idea. Again, everybody that didn't hear it the first time, at Kyle Hunter Picks on Twitter, uh, reach out to him. It's a great cause. At Kyle, I love what you're doing there. 
We'll move over to the division and conference championship winners, the best bets, et cetera, for this. Now, I'm going to start us off in the ACC. Parker, you're on deck after this uh, with the AAC, but I'm going to do NC State to win the ACC Atlantic division here. Clemson is your favorite at minus 250. NC State right behind them at plus 450. NC State is number 14 in roster strength, thanks to Nick over at uh, College Football Winning Edge or CFB Winning Edge. They're number 11 in returning production. If Clemson has quarterback issues again, NC State is the next most talented roster in the division. Wake Forest, I expect to fall back, especially with the Sam Hartman news. Uh, Clemson, of course, questions with both coordinators leaving after this past season. So we don't know exactly what we're going to get there. Obviously, Clemson is the most talented team in that conference. But uh, Louisville's defense has problems. FSU and Boston College, I don't think that they're quite ready yet to take that next step. And Syracuse, nah, we, we don't even have to talk about Syracuse. The quarterback, Devin Leary, has got four offensive linemen back. He does have wide receiver there, uh, Thomas, back. But, you know, they lose a wide receiver. They lose a running back. Um, uh, or the offensive lineman, they lose those guys. Obviously, there are some questions here. But the roster talent is really strong. I like NC State plus 450 to win the Atlantic. That seems like a lot of value because I don't think that they are that far away from where Clemson is right now. Uh, let's move to the AAC. Parker, talk to me about Houston. Look, I, I really like what Houston did last year. They lost to Texas Tech in a close game. They 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 uh, kind of collapsed in the second half there. They went off and rattled off um, uh, just a slew of wins, kind of dominated their regular season schedule, played really good defense, and then had enough offense to get um, what they needed done, done. And then, and you know, struggled against Cincinnati, but who hasn't struggled against Cincinnati and beat Auburn in a bowl game? So a lot of momentum there. I think you can't underscore um, multiple years in a Dana Holgerson offense for um, – a quarterback like think about some of the greats i mean wild bill greer uh at west virginia like clayton toon is poised to have a season like that they've got nathaniel tank dell at wide receiver there who's who's just a great option and one of the better, better wide receivers in the um in the country plus with doug belk at the helmet defense they're going to be great again so i i think that they're going to be solid and consistent the way the schedule breaks um they're, they're going to have two tough road tests in utsa and texas tech but then they get plenty of time to kind of nurse their wounds of kansas rice and tulane all at home and then go into that stretch uh there i think that um you know missing cincinnati missing ucf gives them a, a way better chance to get into the championship game and then uh all they got to do is win one game there so I, I like houston a lot here i think there's a lot of value with that senior experience quarterback and with tank dallow wide receiver most certainly we talked about this before dana holgerson last year with the quarterback uh it's always money always money kyle we're going to start off with you in the mac uh tell me about toledo here yeah so i think we're going to disagree here which is nice to have some disagreement because we usually agree but uh toledo to me the most talented team in the mac i don't think it's even close uh i will say their, their question mark is their coaching is it as good as some of the other teams in the mac uh having said that Toledo's better than their record would indicate from last season. And this is a better roster than last year, certainly. I love their defensive line. Uh, definitely the best defense in the MAC. And uh, Dallas Gant from Ohio State helps a lot at linebacker. I think Daquan Fenn's a good quarterback. They already know who their quarterback's going to be this year. There's no question marks. Um, you know, Northern Illinois lost Randolph. Uh, Central Michigan lost Pimpleton. Uh, Toledo is a really well-rounded team. Uh, the one question mark they've had in some years has been special teams. Last year, they were number 49 in special teams, according to Steele. Uh, you know, I, I think that Toledo is just so much more talented than a lot of the teams in the MAC, and their schedule doesn't set up too badly. I have to take Toledo plus 375 here. I do like that. I do like that. Uh, Parker, you're going to disagree a little bit, and you and I are going to talk about the same team here. But tell me about Central Michigan here, uh, plus 425 to win the MAC. I really like Central Michigan here. Every year I kind of go through and pick uh, pick out the teams that have returned their head coach, offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, and quarterback. And um, Central Michigan is close to being on that list. They're not one of the 20 or 23 teams that, that have that. But they hired Paul Petrino to come in and, and work uh, work out that offense. I think Daniel Richardson is really fun and experienced. Um, they, you know, last season he um, had an adjusted completion percentage of 70.6 
on an 11.2 a dot so for the mac especially they were able to move the ball around spread it and have a really fun offense i think that they have a head coach who knows kind of how to run a program and with a, a kind of a shot in the arm with some revamping at the offensive coordinator position i think this is a really talented team um one thing to look at as well with the schedule is just kind of who who in the mac is going to go get their behind kicked and uh Central Michigan does have Oklahoma State and Penn State, but they break those games up by two weeks. Um, they have a bye after Penn State. So if there's any kind of cumulative effect for, for MAC teams playing these big games and then struggling in a conference play, Central Michigan relatively should be um, have enough quality reps, be healthy, be rested, and able to tackle that stretch. So I like what they're able to do. I think you could throw a little money, obviously, on them to win the division as well. But I think like winning the conference outright, they have an offense that's going to be um, as good a, an offense as you're going to see in the MAC this fall. I 100% agree. I'm not going to take Central Michigan I to win the match. I didn't even say – I yep, didn't even talk about the running back. Please chastise me for I, that. Sorry. I, I'm getting into it. I'm getting into it. Lou Nichols, he's the guy. He's the dude. Now, the offensive line, there are maybe some questions there, uh, but I expect him to be – I mean, he led FBS in uh, r- uh, rushing yards last year. So, I think he's going to be able to do something similar this year. I don't know that he'll lead the country again. But the offense is going to be really, really fun. You mentioned Petrino. Uh, you mentioned Daniel Richardson. You know, Lou Nichols being back is huge here. This team has the number three roster strength in the MAC. Uh, McElwain just seems like he fits better in G5. He didn't do as well at Florida. That's okay. He won big at Colorado State, and he has already been to a MAC title game with Central Michigan. I love the Chippewas. The, the road games, you brought up the schedule uh, on the road at Toledo, Akron, NIU, and Eastern Michigan. Two of those... You should win, you know, maybe Northern Illinois. You should be able to get that one as well. Toledo, difficult place to play. We all know about that. But this team won seven of eight down the stretch. This pick is expecting the offense to be really, really fun. I like them plus 225 to win the MAC West. Parker, I'm coming back over to you with the Big 12. Uh, Talk to me about Kansas State again. Uh, again, uh, everything I said, I don't think there's any new information there. But if you look at plus 1,000 and start, you know, calculating the implied odds, um, if if Kansas State is going to be in that nine to ten win range, then they're going to be that second team in Arlington, and then it comes down to one game, and you can, of course, obviously bet against them if you if you get there. Um, I mean, I I really like what they're able to do, and if that over hits, I don't think they're going to squeak out an over. I think that they're really. Um, in a good position to be in that second game. And as we saw when there's not a dominant team in the big 12, like last year, um, that, that big 12 championship game can go to anybody, whoever's healthiest at the end. So with their depth on both sides of the ball, um, I think that they'll, they'll be um, healthiest at the end of the season. And that sets them up really nicely to win the uh, championship as well. And of course, with a power five team like that, um, you, you've got to think about sprinkling a little bit of money for them to go to the playoff as well, because uh, zero one losses and they win the big 12, they, they certainly would be in contention for that. You are correct about that. Uh, the favorites for the Big 12 there, Oklahoma at plus 200, Texas at plus 250, and then it starts to drop off a little bit. Uh, I'm going to move us over to the Pac-12. Uh, Kyle, you've got the Sun Belt coming up after this, but I, the Pac-12 here, I I like Utah plus 225 to win the Pac-12. The offense last year lights out after Cam Rising took over, 39 points per game over their last 10 Uh, The favorite here is actually USC at plus 200, Oregon not far behind at plus 275, and then Utah right there in the middle at plus 225. Uh, This is my favorite man ball team, but they kind of took a step away from that last year. The offensive coordinator, Andy Ludwig, uh, Ludwig has been awesome since he came back in 2019. Uh, The odds are higher because of the USC love. Typically, this number for Utah would have a a minus sign in front of it, but now that we've got Lincoln Riley uh, in the league, Everybody's high on USC and all the talent that they've accumulated through the transfer portal, et cetera. Uh, it gives us a much better value on Utah to be able to win this league. Uh, USC and Oregon, both having new head coaches, certainly helps out because Kyle Whittingham has been there forever, and you know what you're going to get out of this program year in and year out. If they had started Cam Rising all of last year, I think the record would have actually been better, but they did make uh, the Rose Bowl, and they were in a game with Ohio State, uh, even with out a a cornerback in there. I mean, they had a guy that was a running back playing cornerback in that game. So uh, lots of things to like about Utah. We'll find out a lot about them early on. But uh, but Kyle, we're going to move to the Sun Belt, and we are going to talk about Troy here. Tell me what you like about the uh, Trojans. So like Troy to win the Sun Belt West, um, you know, last year, Troy, and, and for the last several years, they were really poorly coached by Chip Lindsey. So Lindsey's gone. 
um, addition by subtraction as far as the coaching staff here. And really, talent-wise, Troy is very talented. They have a good team. Uh, they should have been better than they've been the last few years. Gary, I remember us talking about them last year being a team that would probably disappoint, and you know they did. Now they have a different uh, coaching staff in there. They have an amazing defensive line, probably the best in the Sun Belt. Uh, Sun Belt West is there for the taking, uh, in my opinion. And like I said, uh, solid talent top to bottom on the depth charts. They're much deeper than most teams in the Sun Belt, which is really important in these conferences because the drop-off can be really drastic from one to two or from two to three. Uh, I think Troy is the team that could make some noise here. Um, I like their season win total over if you can get a good number. And I like them to win the Sun Belt West here is kind of a, a bit of a long shot. Yeah, Louisiana is currently the favorite at minus 130. And again, this is one of those where I think maybe the favorite is a little bit overvalued, and that gives us even more value on the teams below them. Troy's roster is fantastic. This is also one of my picks as well, uh, plus 375 to win the Sunbelt West. I, I think Troy and John Summerall may be coming in as a new coach from Kentucky being uh, a little bit more, I'm not going to say organized, but somebody that the kids are going to fight for a little more. They, they just seemed confused the last couple of years, but that roster is lights out. I mean, that is one of the top, I'd say it's a top 20 defense roster strength in the country. It's They are that good, uh, the amount of talent that they get down in, you know, southern Alabama, down in Georgia and Florida and, and uh, Louisiana down there. So lots to move on with there. Let me go on and remind everybody again, like the video for us, do us a favor, subscribe to the channel and subscribe to the podcast. Again, jump into the chat. I see many people in there. We certainly appreciate it. If there are any questions, et cetera, we will answer those at the end of the show. But this is going to move us over to the Heisman Trophy conversation. And we've got three different ones. I've got two of them that I'm going to talk about. Parker's got another one. I'm going to start us off here with C.J. Stroud. He is the favorite at plus 225. Now, I understand betting the favorite is not exactly the most fun. I get that. But... He did not win this award last year. He is uh, he would be the first Ohio State guy to win it in, in several years here. But the only player that has ever won back-to-back -back trophies was the Ohio State running back Archie Griffin back in the 70s. Voters are going to be dissecting Bryce Young a lot. And, and we would expect that Alabama quarterback Bryce Young's production is going to go down with a new running back, new wide receivers, et cetera. The style of play for Alabama might change a little bit this year. Stroud has the best wide receiver core. They've got uh, He's got another year of experience in Ryan Day's offense. He had 4,400-plus yards last year, 44 touchdowns, and only six interceptions. He came on really strong at the end of the season. Uh, when you got the best playmakers, you got a good offensive line, and you're going up against that schedule, while it's a little difficult, uh, there's enough high-profile games that he'll be able to make an impact here. Parker, uh, talk to me about DJ Uyunglele. Look... This one's weird. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna pretend that it's not weird, right? I totally get um, it. It makes sense. With yeah. Heisman bets, you're you're looking for value. You're not put. You're not putting a significant part of your bankroll on this. Like this is a little bit for fun. But if you think about the game theory of this, and you look at the odds at what plus twenty eight hundred, I think they have him here. Or, uh, have him here. Super yeah. long shot, but. Clemson had an awful year last year and won 10 games. Their defense was really good. And when Will Shipley was healthy down the stretch, they won six of their, their, their last six games. And I think seven of their last eight, um, they, they really were able to find a run game. If they had a run game at the beginning of the season, perhaps the pressure wouldn't have been on DJU so much. And he wouldn't have tried to force plays and, and spiral. I think you can go back and look at that Georgia film and say, if DJU hits maybe two um, throws in that game, Georgia might not be in the playoff. Like that's, Obviously, things change throughout the season, whatever. But, like, they were in that game a lot closer than the slugfest suggests. If he can tweak those mechanics a little bit, and that defense is as suffocating as it was last year, eighth in EPA per play, 16th against the pass, fifth against the rush. Um, if, if they can establish a run game on offense, if they can be a little bit consistent and he can avoid those negative plays, he was negative 34 EPA was in the bottom 120-plus in, in, in college football last year. If he can avoid those just dramatic negative plays and play consistently, enjoy the volume that comes with being Clemson and overpowering opponents and having a lot of freedom to play in positive game states Clemson makes the playoff he's at the helm there's no reason he shouldn't be on the podium hey Kyle I want to get you in on this one as well uh there's something to the comeback player right everybody saw him fail at the highest level last year and I don't really know that you would call it failing but he was not good last year high profile guy he was in Dr. Pepper commercials etc signed a bunch of NIL stuff and and then did not have a good year is, is there something to the the comeback player stuff here 
Yeah, I mean, admittedly, it makes you nervous to take a bet like this because of what you saw last year. And like Parker said, you're not putting a large amount of your bankroll on something like this anyways, but you're taking a flyer on something that has massive amount of variance. And in this case, variance is a good thing because the, the upside is there, the downside's there. If he has a bad season, then, you know, he has a bad season, you write it off and you didn't lose that much money anyways. But yeah, I agree with what you said, Gary. I mean, everybody saw how bad he was last year and everybody likes a comeback story. So everybody likes that guy that was, you know, beaten down and now here he is. So if Clemson has a really good season, and I mean, I think it's probably easy to forget that Clemson still won a lot of games last year. I mean, they weren't that good, but they won a lot of games. They should be better this year. Uh, DJ certainly has a chance. So uh, while first, you know, you say something like that, I'm like, oh, I don't know, but I do like the value there. Most certainly. And speaking of value, I'm going to move us over to Will Anderson. He is plus 1,800 to win the Heisman. Uh, Alabama's won two straight trophies, so would a third one be that crazy? I don't think so. Anderson, widely regarded as the best player in the country. He's got the media hype right now. Uh, 17.5 sacks last year, 33.5 tackles for loss. The next closest on that was 22, and that was Devin Lloyd, who was at Utah, and he's gone now. Uh, lots of push for a defensive player to actually win the Heisman. It's been a long time. I think 97 uh, was the last year that Charles Woodson won it, and he was a, a kick returner and a cornerback. So mostly defensive guy, but that's the last one that we can really point to. Uh, this is uh, This has a shot here, uh, depending upon whether or not Will Anderson puts up the same kind of numbers that he did last year. Do I expect the production to go down? Yes, because I, I just couldn't imagine that you could do another 17 and a half sacks and another 33 and a half tackles for loss. I mean, that's just bananas numbers. But if he does it again and you don't really have one of those quarterbacks that stands up, if CJ Stroud has a, you know, a couple of losses or uh, is out for any amount of time with an injury or whatever, you know, we hope not, but regardless, uh, Will Anderson, the value is there right now at plus 1800. He comes out against Utah state, gets three sacks and two tackles for loss. Uh, this value might not be there. So, this might be worth taking a flyer on right here. Kyle, we're going to move over to the playoff and the national title odds here. And we've got, you and I both have the same pick on this, but we're going to talk about some of the other stuff as well while we've got a few minutes. Um, let, let's go ahead and hit on Utah. Utah plus 400 to make the playoff. You and I both have the same pick here. Uh, give me give me your thoughts on Utah. I've already told everybody what I like about Utah, but I want to know your thoughts on on Utah. Yeah, I mean, I just think that Utah is so well coached. Whittingham has got to rank really high in, in the best coaches in the country. He's been amazing ATS, too. So even though Utah is getting some hype here at the beginning of the season, I think a Whittingham coach team is going to do a good job of not buying into that hype and playing. They're so, they're so strong in the trenches. And you guys know Gary loves those teams that are great on the offensive line and defensive line. And there's a, there's a lot to be said about teams that are both good on the offensive line and defensive line. It's harder for them to have a really bad season because, you know, you would have to have some pretty bad turnover luck or something like that. Cam Rising, like you said, was so good at quarterback. Uh, I think the running game will be better. I think they're going to stuff the run very well. I, I do think the wrong team is favored in the Pac-12. But, uh, you know, to make the playoff, uh, Utah doesn't have a terrible path here. Plus 400, I think, is a, a pretty good shot. Uh, we have a, a, a couple wide open spots here because, you know, most people think Alabama and Ohio State will be there. Uh, you know, who knows? Anything can happen in college football. Uh, then, you know, Georgia's a very good team as well. They're also in the SEC. But there's no clear uh, fourth team that would be in the playoff this year. So that leaves us some value here. Uh, the Pac-12 has kind of been out of this for a while. I think Utah has a real chance to get back in it. I, I agree with you 100%. I'm in the same boat here. I think that Utah has the value on this, and, and it's why I like these kinds of bets, right? Because I'm not expecting Utah to go into the playoff and actually win it. I don't know that they've got the roster that's that's capable of doing that, but they could certainly make it to the playoff. And when you've got plus 400 in that spot, you know, I, I already took them at plus 225 to win the Pac-12. I took them at that. I, I took them higher than that <laughs> about a month ago. But, uh, but still... Plus 225, pretty good odds to win the Pac-12. Well, if you win the Pac-12, only one loss, you got a win in the swamp. You got uh, some other wins in the division that not division. I guess there's no division with the Pac-12 this year. But uh, but I think that there's actual value on Utah to make the playoff here. 
Uh, guys, let's let's talk about some of these other teams here. I don't know that there's a bunch of value for teams to actually win the national title. Uh, do we expect anybody to really be able to compete uh, with the rosters of Alabama, Ohio State, and Georgia this year? Parker, I, I want to know your question or uh, your answer on this. Like Clemson has a good enough roster, I think, but we don't know that they've got the quarterback play, and there's questions about the coordinators. Uh, give me give me some thoughts on the national championship here. I, I would say Clemson's probably the one that makes the most sense at 1,000 because they're also probably the most likely to to make it, and so that sets you up really nicely to you know bet on Alabama after uh, after it and kind of uh, hedge a little bit there. But I, I really think that yeah, there's such a drop off here that the the markets really kind of understand that the playoff Cinderella is really largely a, a fantasy in terms of winning it. And as we saw last year, ooh, this might be a spicy take, but like Michigan should have been the one seed last year and totally got set up to avoid the rematch. And that that killed a bet for Michigan to win the playoff, which could have been really, really nice and paid out and cashed out. But they ended up, instead of getting Cincinnati, getting the eventual champion Georgia. And so uh, just the way the seeding works and how it breaks, the 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 odds are stacked in, in the house's favor um, for, for how the playoff shakes out. So I think the only way that you would make a smart bet on the playoff champion now is if there was crazy odds and a mismatch i don't see that here um clemson just because they're going to be so likely to make it that might set you up in a nice position to make sure you don't actually lose but yeah generally i'm, I'm not in love with any of these even last year i took a couple flyers texas a&m plus 220 maybe but even then i think them getting the playoffs going to be such a big deal that i, I just don't know that it's worth it at all uh, next year i think is the year for texas a&m but obviously we'll talk about that when we get there <laughs> so kyle uh Oklahoma, brand new coach. Notre Dame, brand new coach. Michigan lost a lot of guys off that defense uh, and two new coordinators, although some people would argue about that with you. But uh, And then Texas, of course, we are still trying to figure out who's going to play quarterback, et cetera. Second year under Sark. They only won, seven, uh, only won five games last year, five and seven. Uh, is there anybody else here in this you know, top ten that, that maybe you would take a flyer on? Yeah, I, I think I probably would have said Texas, but Texas, there must be something bad in the water in Austin. I mean, everybody's going down with injuries. I mean, it's kind of ridiculous. And Texas is one of those extremely high variance teams. I mean, they could be really good or they could be bad again. Um, you know, Notre Dame, you can make an argument for them because they play good teams. So if they actually pull off those upsets, Notre Dame at uh, plus 4,000, uh, I've seen worse plays than that. So I will say I don't love Notre Dame as a team. I think they do have some weaknesses. The wide receiver is very weak now, especially with injuries. Um, their their cornerbacks are not as good as what they've been a lot of years as well. So, um, in short, I'm not going to bet any of these long shots, and uh, yeah, I, I don't see any great value on any of them. No, that does make sense. Uh, I, I will tell you this: if you like Notre Dame at all, anybody that's watching the show, I would bet it at the plus four thousand right now because if they come into the horseshoe and knock off your Buckeyes. <laughs> I'm telling you, uh, that plus 4,000 will be long gone. So, yeah, plus 4,000 might be good odds right now, and then maybe you take a, a something else afterwards once we figure out the results of that game. Gentlemen, we're going to move into the Q&A portion of this, and uh, we have got a, a beautiful crew in the back that has actually put together a bunch of these questions for me. So uh, we're going to start off with this. It says, um, Steve W. says, well, since you're talking about Houston – how about UCF? I took them over their win total. I do like what Gus Malzahn is doing here. I think the win total for them is eight and a half. I'm going to double check it. Um, but while I'm doing that, you know what, Kyle? I'm going to let you talk about them first. Uh, tell me your thoughts on UCF this year. Yeah, it is over eight and a half. I would take the over if I was betting this one. I don't think I will bet this one, but I certainly lean over. And if you look at my PRs, um, UCF is going to be favored in a lot of games this year. They are a very talented team. Good depth here. You know, Malzahn, I'm still a little bit, you know, I don't know what to think of him as a head coach, uh, you know, kind of inconsistent. Uh, can he uh, get this team to its peak? Uh, I think UCF is a good overplay based on their schedule and the amount of talent that they have. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know that they're a team that could make some massive noise and have an amazing season, but I do think eight and a half is a pretty fair number. So I do like the over. Right, Parker, what about you? Uh, Gus Malzahn, you know, bringing in John Rice Plumley, John Reese Plumley, however you say it. Uh, you know, he, he tends to do better with the running quarterback. Uh, any thoughts here? I, I like him in a Malzahn offense. I think that he could be really fun. He's obviously fast as playing wide receiver. I don't know if I'm going to bet my money on a team that's led by John Reese Pumley, but uh, obviously like Malzahn was doing 
decently at Auburn relative, you know, context matters, but I think that he's able to put together a program and in the AAC we've seen, you can, you can go a long way with that. So I, I'm long on him there. I think he's done well at recruiting and getting some energy. He also looks way less stressed. I think he's playing a lot more golf than he was at Auburn. And, and uh, I, I really like them. I think I'd lean on them. I'd be more inclined to bet the over on them than to bet them to win the uh, American conference outright. Um, but, but generally I think that they, they're, pretty solid and an overbet here is not crazy, especially with, you know, what they want to do at quarterback and the two speedy guys they have that could, that could uh, take over there. I do like that. I do like that. The over makes a lot more sense to me as opposed to actually winning the conference. Uh, but yeah, like you said, Malzahn, a lot less stressed. I mean, he's, he's having himself a good time down there and I don't blame him. Uh, Steven Kufi, I'm hoping I say that right. If not, you can correct me in the comments for sure. How will SMU be this year in your opinion? Well, Rhett Lashley is the new coach, and Tanner Mordecai is still the quarterback. I would imagine they're going to look a whole lot like they did under Sonny Dykes. Parker, let's start off with you on this. Uh, Any thoughts on the Mustangs? Yeah, I don't think there's any reason to think there's uh, any kind of offensive drop-off as well. Rashi Rice, Reggie Roberson, really good um, guys last year. They lose Ulysses Bentley, uh, the running back, but... Um, you know, he wasn't super prolific in the passing game. They'll be able to replace him and kind of what they want to do. High powered offense won't, won't, won't matter at all. The questions I'd have for them are, are on the defensive side of the ball as always last year, as well with SMU, you know, it, it did look like Sonny Dykes kind of knew that he was on his way out SMU under Dykes historically kind of did poorly in the second half. So that trend was just exacerbated. I think they'll come out and, and have a chip on their shoulder, which is a very non-statistical, non-quantifiable way to say they want to, they want to win some games and um, especially circle that like uh, TCU in Dallas. I, I think they'll have a lot of thoughts about Sunny Dykes coming home. I think they'll be pretty good. Um, the, the the defensive uncertainty kind of puts me away from a, a betting a total here. Um, but there's no reason to think the offense wouldn't drop off. Maybe some maybe maybe start thinking about some overs on the uh, season uh, on individual games for SMU. I think they'll score a lot this fall, but um, not not so much on the the win total line. Uh, Kyle, let me get you to jump on this one. Steve W. Oklahoma over nine said uh, the favorite in every game, right? What do you think here about the Sooners? Yeah, I, real quick, I want to say that I, I agree with Parker's thought on SMU on taking games over. That, in my notes, I have that one underlined and, and bold that I want to take some SMU overs because I think the defense will be weak, but the offense should score a lot. Oklahoma is one of those teams that's uh, high variance to me. I usually like to stay away from those teams here uh, when it comes to season win totals, especially, you know, you make a big change in coaching staffs, unless I think it's a huge upgrade. I would probably want to stay away. Uh, Lebby's a good offensive coordinator. Uh, Roof's a good defensive coordinator. I mean, he's, you know, Brent Venables is really the guy running the defense, obviously. But, um, you know, I I think there's enough questions here that I don't really know what to make of Oklahoma. Uh, You know, will Marcus Major be eligible at running back? Uh, You know, I think he has a high upside if he does. Um, The faster-paced offense here, I would look to take some overs probably because I assume they're going to play really quick. Their defense will probably be pretty decent. Um, The secondary was really weak last year. Uh, I think the secondary should be better than it was last year. That's not necessarily hard to do. But in my notes, I I say might be favored in all 12 games. Kind of hard to not take a season win total over, but I'm still passing. So I'm kind of just leaning that way. The number has jumped up to 9.5, by the way, on Oklahoma. Uh, and it's even money to go over the nine and a half. Uh, yeah, they, they should be favored in every game. Uh, but that road game against Nebraska, of course, you got Texas in there. Uh, some tricky, tricky situations. And Parker, correct me if I'm wrong. I, I don't necessarily like their depth a lot. I don't know what they've got at quarterback behind Dylan Gabriel, uh, at least anything that's proven. And same thing with, you know, maybe some of those defensive backs, et cetera. I, they got some good guys that are starting. I just wonder about the the back end depth. Um, they also but, lost six guys to the NFL draft on the defensive side. Yeah. That pass defense is going to get a little better because it just can't be that bad again. But that run defense is not going to be as good as it was last year. The, the reason the pass defense was so bad last year is because the run defense was so good that teams were saying, "Yep, we're just going <laughs> to we're going to throw it early and often." And so that that change might be a little confusing to see some efficiency change in the run pass splits, but maybe not an overall improvement in efficiency there. Also, a couple Hornets Nest games here at Iowa State, at West Virginia, at Texas Tech, uh, with Bedlam nestled in there on November 19th for for Oklahoma down the stretch. Uh, Depth is absolutely a concern. Offensive line, Brett Venables yesterday was saying maybe four guys could play left tackle to uh, adopt a modern adage. If you have four left tackles, you have zero left tackles. Um, that's, That's a little bit concerning. So we'll see what happens there. 
All right, so we, we've got a few more questions here. Alan Darby uh, wanted to know our sleeper for Heisman. Uh, I think we'll just roll with DJ Uyunglele from Clemson on that one. But uh, but you can go back and watch about Will Anderson and all that good stuff here in a little bit. Uh, Paul Cross jumps in. Thoughts on the Arizona State? I'm hoping that ASU is Arizona State, uh, unless it's Arkansas State, in which case uh, it might be a little tricky. Arizona State is uh, another one of those high-variance teams, and I'm actually pulling up their win total now. It's uh, it's okay. It's it's at six now. Uh, even money to go over the six. Kyle, six is a weird – this is a high-variance team, right? And I don't like betting these because you never know what's going to happen here. I think the roster is talented enough with all the incoming transfers that they brought in because they did have a slew of them that left. I I don't know about Arizona State. I don't think I would take this bet even at six. I think they could certainly win seven or eight games, but they could also completely bottom out because we don't – that NCAA investigation is not over yet. So, Kyle, give me your thoughts on this, and then, Parker, I want to get your thoughts on it as well. Yeah, I, I would take the under if I was betting this one. Uh, there's too much that could go wrong for Arizona State. Um, yeah, I, I'll be honest. I bet under six and a half. So, uh, under six, I still like it. Um, you know, six and a half, six. Uh, we, we need them to go six and six or less. If you look at their schedule, seven and five would be pretty difficult. Um, they lost their top two running backs. Validate's a pretty good pickup from Wyoming at running back. Uh, the offensive line, I don't think they're that good. Middle of the road at best. Um, you know, Herm Edwards, uh, he did good that first year. Remember, everybody kind of made fun of the hire, and then he did good in the first year, and that's been all downhill from there. So um, I, I just don't want to trust this team. If they go and have an amazing season, then go ahead. I'll, I'll take the loss. But, but yeah, I would take the under here. Parker, Emory Jones comes in as the quarterback. Uh, Paul Tyson from Alabama is the backup here. Uh, is there any world where Emory Jones just kind of goes crazy and, and does big things for the Sun Devils? I think Emory Jones has an arm and um, could, you know, potentially be exciting. I think a lot of Jaden Daniels' value was that he could extend plays with his legs and they had a little bit better offensive line play last year than they're going to this year. Um, it's a very depressing thing to say, but Emory Jones is no Jaden Daniels um, in the hierarchy <laughs> of quarterbacks, um, which is just bottom of the barrel we're scraping here. Yeah, the way the schedule breaks, I have them favored in maybe four games. Um, I could see them losing an embarrassing game at Colorado or Washington State. I, I, I would not be inclined to believe that Herm finishes the season here just with everything that's going. An admin might get a little jumpy. They've got a lot a turnover on staff things are not good there if you're going to bet this one bet the under um i just don't know that i see the ceiling there and you know they're they're going at at usc at stanford at washington state they could lose um they could lose a lot of games this year uh we do have a question let's see p matta poisette i hope i said that right uh you guys have got some crazy names on here oh p matt okay i had it wrong yeah. p matt Yes, you've been with us uh, since last year. We appreciate you. Don't let my craziness uh, dissuade you from joining the show. Rutgers win total with the 10th most difficult schedule. Uh, BetUS doesn't have the Rutgers win total up right now, uh, but I believe it's been somewhere around four or four and a half, basically all offseason, uh, which we don't necessarily believe in the offseason regardless. Uh, but I, I look at this schedule, and I look at what's coming back for Rutgers, and – I do not have a lot of faith in this team. <laughs> I love Sean Gleason. I love what he's doing with the offense, but I don't know that they've got the talent to do exactly what he wants to do. This is a team with with Greg Schiano that was not risk averse. I will say that they were willing to throw anything against the wall, especially in that first year. And they're still continuing to do that trick play after trick, but whatever they can do to find a way to score points, they do it. I just don't know that there's enough there and the schedule is pretty difficult. I mean, they, they got games at Temple that they could even possibly lose. And I know that Temple's not great, but some of these road games are, I mean, they're going to be coin flips. And if you lose them, that's uh, that's kind of a weird situation. I don't necessarily like it. Uh, Kyle, you got a thought on, on Rutgers here? I have no lean on this one. Uh, Rutgers is, is a team that I think is pretty well coached, and they could pull off an upset or two, but I don't want to trust them to take an over. Too low for me to take an under. I really have no lean here. Uh, Parker, any thoughts? I don't know where the fourth win is. I don't love this at all. I don't love <laughs> starting at Boston College. They're, they're a team that also had a really weird split last year on defense. They were uh, 124th overall, but 130 EPA per pass, 12th in EPA per rush. Just people, did, you just 
didn't have to rush against them because you could just air the ball out uh, for whatever you wanted. And so unless they can do something with the pass defense, I mean, this this offense was um, just absolutely awful last year, too. So unless they can do something on, on early downs, I mean, uh, and the way this schedule breaks, man, it's absolutely brutal. Sure, you get a bye before Indiana, which is a game you should win. But then at Minnesota, Michigan, at Michigan State, Penn State, are they even going to be alive to play at Maryland at the end of the season after that stretch? I mean, that's just that's brutal for Rutgers. It's it's a hard life in the Big Ten East um, with the number floating between four and four and a half. I don't know that and, and it not being up right now. I don't know that I see value here, but it's hard for me to find that fourth win. Halo drunk driver comes in, says, what about Tulane over six and plus five thousand to win the AAC? Uh, Fritz is a magician and a lot of talent. I'm I'm going to side with that. I, I actually have Tulane, uh, Tulane winning seven games this year. And yeah, it would be a huge turnaround. They went two and ten last year. But I do like Willie Fritz, and I do think that they've got a ton of talent. They well underperformed what they should have done last year. A lot of one-score one losses last year that you would think will flip back around. Uh, maybe a little regression here or progression, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I do like Tulane in this spot. I don't know about to win the AAC, but I do like them you know, over the six. I think they could certainly get to seven wins uh, without too much difficulty. Like I, I really like that. Uh, anybody else got a thought on on that one? Kyle, you first. Tulane. You know, Tulane's pass defense is so weak that I don't want to take them to win this conference. There's too many good passing attacks. You, you look at that secondary. I mean, they were really bad. 66.3% uh, completion percentage allowed. A bottom 15 secondary in the country. They can stop the run. They can't stop the pass. Um, I do think that they'll be a lot more successful than they were last year. And this might be a good team against the spread game over game here this season. Parker, what about you? Yeah, I just don't know that I see it. If I look at their splits last year, I mean, they they were just really, really bad. Um, and and the one score losses is 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 important, but again, it's not like they were good at one side of the ball and bad at the other. And there's an obvious weakness that's that's going to improve. I mean, they allowed you know forty one point two percent passing success rate. Um, 102nd in EPA per pass and they were 95th in third and fourth down success allowed. Like they were just getting pushed around last year and they're fun, but without, you know, a, um, uh, wide receiver whose name's totally escaped me two years ago, plays for the bears now, um, without a, without a deep wide threat. Um, I, I just don't know that they're going to be able to drum up enough offense to do anything special. Um, I, I'd stay away from this one. It totally, totally makes sense. We uh, we are going to rapid fire through some of these here. Shane jumps in. Purdue to win the Big Ten West. Uh, look, there there are a lot of people that love this. Uh, you know what, Parker? You're going to start us off on this. You love Aiden O'Connell. Uh, thoughts on Purdue to win the Big Ten West? Um, yeah, I, I I think that with it being as close as it is this year, um, there's there's certainly no problem in you know, throwing some money on a team that can outs that can score with anybody. Um, if they're, their defense, they lose a little bit. George Karloftis, like a, a good edge rusher. So there's some concerns there. And and obviously there was some off season nonsense with um, their wide receivers and, and some injuries, but I think they'll have high volume passing. I think they've got one of the most accurate passers in the league, Nate O'Connell. There are worse bets to make here. Um, they, they were one game, I think a, a Minnesota game last year away from being in that big 10 championship. So um, a lot of those teams are going to try and run on them. Being so committed to the pass really gives them a lot of uh, a lot of ceiling. I, I think this is a fine bet, and then bet on Ohio State in the Big Ten championship. <laughs> <laughs> they were they were plus five fifty to win the Big Ten West. Uh, let's see, Kyle. I'm going to throw this one over to you. Uh, let's see. Da, 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 da. Eh, maybe not. This is about a Week One game. Uh, surprised brand new Coastal team other than McCall laying minus three to a really good Army team week one, and then should Army Coastal in week one be treated as a service academy game in terms of the total? So, Kyle, let's uh, let's hit on that. Service academy game, uh, should we be betting the under in Army and Coastal? Yeah, I don't know what the number is right now offhand, but uh, this is not a service academy type total because these two offenses are not the same. The reason Army and Navy and Air Force and them have really low scoring games is they basically run the exact same type of offense. Coastal Carolina is far too different in their ability on offense. And we've also seen uh, some of those games, uh, you know, they, there can be some pretty high scoring games when they have different um opposing oh, yeah. uh, we remember last year was it the wake, wake forest, forest game yeah yes. i mean my gosh so no i would be really careful about that under I, I don't think i like the under if anything i would probably lean to the over i'm looking forward to talking about that one but but no I, the, the two teams need to be exactly the same and they're definitely not 
Yeah, 54 and a half is the total on this one. Uh, both Army and Wake Forest scored over that. Uh, Wake Forest, I think, won that game 70 to 56. So <laughs> just uh, just a little bit ridiculous here. Um, let's see. I think I think we are at a stopping point. We are going to be back next week. So guys, jump into the chat, jump into the comments. We will be in there with you. We will be answering questions inside the YouTube comments. So go ahead and make sure that you toss any more questions, et cetera, thoughts, opinions. We want to know what your win total picks are. We want to know who you think are going to win divisions, et cetera. And, uh, and we will jump in with opinions as well. With that said, gentlemen, uh, I think it is time for us to get out of here. Let me look through my notes, make sure. Ah, uh, yes, reminder, like the video. Do us a favor, like the video, and subscribe to the channel. You don't want to miss a show. First show for week zero is going to be next Tuesday, August 23rd at 1 p.m. Eastern time. And uh, make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast as well, the BetUS football show on Apple, Spotify, whatever your favorite podcast app is. Uh, again, jump in the comments. Let us know your picks. If you're listening on the podcast, go and check out on YouTube. Uh, you'll be able to see them there. There's too many of them for us to actually read across. But, uh, yes, my best bets, Parker's best bets, and we are going to have Kyle's best bets on there as well. Again, multiple of them. So go ahead and check those out. Uh, I guess we will we will wrap it with that. Wow, what a weird, weird way for me to end that show. <laughs> hey, we're, look, it's training camp. We're getting back into swing of things, Gary. That's, we're rolling. We're rolling. I, I did not even put picks recap down on the end of this thing. Regardless, BetUS, it's where the game begins. Go over to BetUS.com. And with that said, we'll see you all again next week. Thank you.